Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas. I'm here with Jeremy Kaufman of Library. And uh, this is a digital media protocol on the blockchain. And for those of you that want to follow along and check it out, the website is lbry.io. lbry.io. Hello, Jeremy. How are you? Hey, it's great to be here. Hey, glad to have you. So uh, I believe that you've been on our podcast before. And uh, so for for those of our audience that maybe didn't catch that episode, catch us up a little bit about what libraries are doing on the blockchain. Yeah. So what we're trying to do with libraries is make it possible for anyone in the world to publish a piece of, of digital content. When I say digital content, you can think of like a you know a YouTube video or something like that, although it could be other things. We want them to be able to publish it. We want them to be able to distribute it. We want them to be able to monetize it. We want anyone else in the world to be able to access it. And we want all of this experience to happen with no centralized platform, no ownership, no no single ownership over the technology. And that's why we emphasize the word that, it's, uh, that we're building a, this decentralized digital media uh, protocol. And this is not uh, one of those blockchain projects that where you, know, you can trade the token uh, and you can read the white paper, but there's nothing there. You can go and download our app right now from our website uh, and interact with the network. There's hundreds of thousands of pieces of content available on there already, including uh, Hollywood films. Uh, you can watch a film with David Cross and Julia Stiles and other, other films on there, as well as popular YouTubers, you know, YouTubers that are followed by, by, by millions of people. Well, that's cool. It certainly sets you apart from all of the other projects out there that are trying to do uh, at least something similar. Um, and, and, but let's speak about them for a minute. Um, you know, it's not, the, not exactly the first time that I've, that I've heard of this particular concept. Um, you know, it is, it is probably one of the few times that I've heard that there's a substantial amount of content already on there. Talk to me a little bit, uh, before we get too more, too much more into this, uh, the, the difference between library and some of the other platforms that are trying to compete for this space. Uh, well, uh, I mean, you mentioned one, of, you mentioned probably one of the most important ones. Um, you can go and, and download our, our software right now, interact with it, have a really friendly user experience. I mean, it is a, it is a beta. I'm not claiming we're, we're done. We've done our job and uh, we're ready to go home. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can, uh, you can really see what we've been building. And, you know, to be honest with you, um, I don't focus that much on what the other blockchain companies uh, are doing or up to. Uh, you know, the entire community can be a little insular. Uh, I've tried to treat this much more like a traditional, you know, SaaS company. Let's get users. Let's get content. 
uh, you know, let's let's build uh, uh, that kind of experience. And so, um, I, I pay much more attention to what a company like YouTube is doing than these other than these other blockchain platforms. Uh, but if there's one specifically, I could tell you if I, you know what I knew about it, if there's a difference or whatever. But I don't. Um, I'm not. I'm not even sure what people regard as, uh, you know, as our as our top competitors. Okay. Well, fair enough. And uh, so you have your eye on YouTube and. Uh, you're trying to kind of emulate your business model around them, only decentralized. Is that is that a good way to put it? Uh, well, I wouldn't say that our business model is is similar to YouTube's in the sense that right, YouTube's taking 45% of every every dollar. Uh, our promise is we'll never take any, and you can trust that because it's an open source protocol. Uh, what I mean is I'm treating it like you know I, I feel like a lot of these blockchain companies you know they go around they all they're trying to do is whatever you know they want to. They want to generate press. They want to generate buzz, and 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 I, you know, what, but what I'm focused on is, are we actually having people using our platform? Are we actually having people access content? I'm treating it, in other words, the metrics that are on my KPI dashboards are how many people are using this, how much data is being exchanged, how well is it working, not what's the price of our token, right? To me, I got to focus on building a real company, and the price of the token will follow that. Okay, fair enough. And so, how long has this project been in development? Uh, first code was written um, over three years ago, but it really just started as a as a couple of nerds, you know, hacking on something that they found interesting. Um, I left my previous uh, I left my previous company. Uh, I had founded another SaaS company before this. I left that company, uh, SaaS is Software as a Service. I left that company uh, in July of last year to work full time on Library, um, and so I've been working on this full time for 18 months. Um, we started with just a couple of people full time after I left, uh, and we now have have uh, 14 people working full-time on the project. Oh, that's great. And uh, so three years uh, is like an eternity on the blockchain. <laughs> what, 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 what would you say have been the biggest advancements in technology since you started this? Yeah, well, I mean, that first, you know, the, the first half of that three years was more slow, was the progress was a lot slower than it was over the last, uh, over the last 18 months. Um, um, well, even eighteen months yeah. is an eternity yeah, on the blockchain. Months, right, yeah, three months is a long time in blockchain. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, in terms of, I mean, in terms of what's changed, I, I mean, we've certainly been monitoring and keeping up with 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 the developments in in blockchain. I think there are a number of interesting ones, um, both with um, solutions to scaling, whether that be off chain or sharding, uh, as well as um, some of the developments around better better privacy uh, and things like this. Um, but um, you know, that stuff isn't, uh, we will add those features sort of to, to the library uh, as necessary. A lot of our, uh, a lot of our focus is on getting, um, sort of getting what we've already built working better rather than advancing into the, the cutting edge of, of blockchain, right? I don't think, in terms of what's holding uh, our company back from having millions of people use our software, it's not the, it's not the cutting edge blockchain features. It's, it's just, uh, um, you know, generally making it work better, more, more reliable more feature rich, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Understood. And so I, I believe the last time you were uh, joining us was a few months back. What, what kind of updates have you seen since then? I, it may have been October. Uh, we're in January now. What, what's happened in the last few months? Um, there's been a, been a, a, a ton more uh, content. Um, like we uh, just had Dave Rubin from the, the Rubin report. Uh, we just had like another dozen uh, feature length films get released. Um, our team is out at Sundance. Uh, I think technically hasn't started yet. I think it technically starts like tomorrow or something like that. Uh, but our team is out at Sundance, uh, joining up with Oscilloscope Laboratories, uh, um, 
uh, investigating more content there. I mean, we've had thousands of more YouTubers join since that time. Um, trying to remember timeline wise, I think we might've just been launching this. I don't even know if I would have mentioned it. Uh, we have a, uh, there's a new app for interacting with the library network called speech. Uh, that, that's just the website speed.ch, right? The word speech with a period before the CH. Uh, and this is like an, an image hosting and video resharing site uh, that, that reads to and writes from a blockchain. Um, uh, and uh, that's another, another new, even easier way for people to interact with uh, the library blockchain and the library network. And speech has been used by uh, several hundred thousand people already. Okay, and, and how, does this, uh, how does this differ or relate to library? Um, it's just an even easier way to get started, right? If you want to, it's not quite, it's not the quote full, full blockchain experience because you're just using it from a website. Um, but it all, it shows already how the library way of doing things is better than the status quo of a site like Imager or Streamable or these other websites where, you know, what happens is they start out real nice, right? They're nice to you. The service works great uh, and it's free and it's wonderful. And then what happens is, they want to make money, and so they just make the service worse and worse and worse. And part of what our proposal is that by doing this via these open source standards and, and protocols, we can never do that. So right now, speech is, is similar to these other uh, it's similar to these other sites in, in, in usability and experience, except instead of handing your data over to Streamable, which owns it forever and might one day you know, put a bunch of ads on top of it, in this sense, you're writing it to this shared network. If speech, if we decide to be jerks with speech one day, Someone can fork that code. It's all open source. Not only is the code open source, the data is essentially open source because the data is coming from that shared blockchain. Someone else uh, that we don't, it's not like speech is even locking the data away either. Um, so we think this is a, a, an important evolution from the, from, the, the, from the status quo of how these services get built and get used. Okay. And so you mentioned that uh, the data is available. Uh, you know, how, does, how does that affect or relate to privacy? Well, you, you had mentioned something earlier about privacy, and it sounds like you know the code is open source, and even some of the data is is available. Um, are there uh, potential privacy concerns for somebody that is using this network and uh, you know creating data or storing data on here, uh, and and that being open source and accessible by other? By gotcha, other gotcha. Good, sure, sure, sure. Good question. So the focus on library is is. Uh, on publishing things that you want other people to consume. We don't market libraries like, you know, don't do, we, I mean, you, well, you potentially could. Uh, we don't, you know, suggest that you use library to, to back up your tax returns or private documents or things like this. It's optimized towards things that other people are going to want to access. Now, uh, you can use the network privately. You can both publish privately uh, and consume content privately. Uh, if that's your if that's your desire. So despite the the fact that you know it's basically known what's been published. If you say, hey, I published this uh, this is a picture of a cat or whatever title you give it, everyone's going to be able to see that. That's not you know that's not going to be private. Uh, so whatever you put in as as the information about the content, anyone can look that up and see it. Um, but in terms of who put it there, if you want to do that privately, you can still do that privately. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense and answers my question. Thank you. And so, uh, you know, you've you've been through an interesting journey over the last three years or 18 months, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, you know, what are some of the primary challenges that you've been facing in, in building this out? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'd probably put it at, at two things. One is, I mean, just blockchain is, is new and you're just doing so many things from scratch 
uh, and it just means that things are slower and things are harder to get done, right? We want to have, my goal is to have a user experience that is as good or really better than, you know, browsing a website, which is generally quite good. It's fast, it's snappy, it works. And now we're saying, let's have that experience, but let's have it backed entirely by this decentralized stack of technology that to some extent is like reinventing the way we did things previously. So to get that same experience, it does end up being more work. Uh, it does end up being more, you know, error prone because it's, it's new. It's not built on this technology that's been, you know, all debugged for a decade or two decades and so on. And so it's just things, you know, I, I always want us to be able to make more progress and, and then develop faster. Um, and then also, uh, while I think we've uh, ha had some good approaches to getting over this hump, certainly um, creating a, you know, creating a two-sided marketplace, which is, is kind of fundamentally what we're doing, it's always a classically hard business problem. Um, now, blockchain is a great, great lever for, for solving that problem because you have a token uh, that can get you over some of those, those humps of how do I create a two-sided marketplace. Um, but that's certainly, that's always a challenge. So talk to us about the uh, about the token. What's what is the token called, and what is the functionality of it? Sure, uh, token is called uh, the the ticker symbol is LDC, which is this library credits. Uh, li the the blockchain and this is library is its own blockchain, right? This is not an ERC twenty token. This is a a separate uh, a separate and independent blockchain. Um, and I believe, by the way, in terms of how things play out, that if you're talking about any successful uh, decentralized protocol. Uh, it's going to end up having its own blockchain, right? Blockchains databases are typically tailored to their application's use. Uh, so I think the notion that there's going to be somehow this one shared database for all of the world's decentralized applications is a mistake. Um, but uh, the so the blockchain token is used uh, both to pay for digital content as well as to make entries in the catalog of content. Uh, so basically, you, there's a special transaction type, and this is part of why we um, why, why we need our own blockchain. You're, you're making special transaction types uh, for making entries into the blockchain about what's available and allowing and doing it in a way that other people can discover it, and doing it in a way that it's uh, actually one important aspect is doing it in a way that it's trustful, where people don't need to download full copies of the blockchain. Um, that's an important uh, important property that we wanted. Uh, so basically, blockchain token is used to pay for digital content as well as to make entries on the blockchain so that other people can discover your content. Okay. Great. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about future of uh, the you know, media consumption industry or the entertainment industry. I think you kind of play in both spaces here in some respects. And we've had a number of different guests on here in the entertainment industry um, who are looking for new ways to distribute content. Uh, so if, if you could, from, from your perspective, Jeremy, uh, tell me where you see the entertainment industry in general. We'll break this into two questions. Where do you see the entertainment industry in general uh, heading in the next year to five years because of the uh, emergence of the blockchain technology and decentralization? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that um, what the the role that our technology can have on on the entertainment industry is actually. Um, it's similar to other technologies in terms of generally like the, the, the cost of getting entertainment, of making entertainment is getting lower. Distributing it is getting lower. We're going to have more of it. We're seeing it more disintermediated. Uh, so the people who are uh, the, the, the middlemen who are collecting the money and, and uh, then distributing 
the content and so on, we're seeing more and more of these people disappear and more content going directly from creator to consumer. And really, to, to a significant extent, uh, what, we're, what we're doing is almost like the end state of these trends. Um, you know, I don't think you could design a way of distributing and monetizing digital content that is um, uh, that is, is what's the phrasing here? More disintermediated that has fewer uh, uh, fewer people in the middle than this. Um, so I think it's it's sort of a continuation of a trend that's already been happening and already been building. Um, in terms of how that plays out, I think it's generally good for the content industry. I think it's bad for distributors and people whose uh, whose game is is less about making stuff and more about um, and more about being in the middle. I think it's definitely good for the long tail of creators, uh, the people who are uh, getting started, who aren't doing it full time or who are doing it independently. I think that it's possibly bad for the super mega ultra top creators. Although even there, I'm not sure. Because if they're still losing 20% of their, 30% of their revenues or more to middlemen, uh, it might still be a win. But certainly by the more choices out there, uh, the less, you know, that means that is chipping away at, at, the, at the, the super ultra blockbuster stuff. Yeah, and in the path of decentralization, you know, uh, deregulation and then ultimately democratization where everybody has access to everything. Um, you know, we saw this probably the the easiest example for for anyone, I would say in their, you know, at least in their early to mid 30s, we we watched the the music industry uh turn itself on its head uh in the late 90s and take and it, it took them a full 10 years of struggle to try and figure out how to recover after Napster, you know? Yes. And, absolutely. uh, and, and I, and I love to use this example because most of us watched this all play out. And we have a lot of perspective and insights on this. Uh, the, the music industry existed for, you know, 50 to 70 years unchanged. You had to go to the big guy that had all the big contracts and he gave you, you know, your pittance, your pennies per CD and got them distributed in the stores and, you know, got the records produced and got them promoted. Uh, and then uh, Sean Parker comes out with Napster and just makes it all free for everybody and they flip out. Even the artists flip out, too. But uh, over the next 10 years, you know, iTunes was born, um, you know, uh, Pandora, Spotify, all of these things have come around and they've found a way to pay the musicians but still give the content, you know, basically for free. And now even Spotify is being hit with a $1.6 billion lawsuit because they didn't secure the right rights uh, to distribute the content. Um, you know, as we watch this progression in the music industry, and the same thing probably happens in the film industry, you know, where where is the end game for this and what kinds of shifts do the creators or the artists have to make in order to earn a living can they you know can they just doggedly hang on to the way it was or or do they really need to adjust to the way that it's going to be yeah i mean i think I, you know, if I were, and by the way, let me be clear, I don't, I don't know that I'm in a place to actually be giving advice to these content creators, but that's never stopped me from giving advice to someone before. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to let it stop me now. Um, yeah, you know, well, you, I, got, you got the microphone, man. Yeah, so go exactly. Ahead and right? So yeah, you asked. So, uh, um, uh, you know, what, the way that I see it, if you cultivate fans, if you have people who like you, like your stuff, you're always going to be fine. If your career is dependent 
on some marketing machine that is capable of making you popular, almost regardless of what you do, I'd say that's going to get harder and harder way of being successful. But if you go out there and you're engaging and you have people who like your stuff, who like your channel or who like your sound or whatever, those people are always going to pay you. And it's not going to matter if your stuff is on Napster or whatever, like the people, because they like you, they're not going to take it from you. I think people feel much more comfortable with not, with that kind of behavior when either they feel like someone's treating them like a jerk or maybe if they feel like this guy's already got, you know, a hundred million dollars, so he doesn't need another one of my, ten, he doesn't need my $10 too or whatever. Now I'm not saying that's okay or not, but that's just my impression of the sentiment. And, um, and also I'm not, that's not, you know, immediately directly related to how library plays out or so on. But if, if the thing is, how does this, as these trends play out, I'd say you got to get, you got to engage, you got to have people who like you, and then you're always going to have a career you're always going to be successful. A final question, the second part of, you know, your, your perspective on the future, as far as, technology and the distribution technology um you know you're you're obviously building out the next step and the next level what do you see beyond that let's let's go ahead three to five steps you know where where is the distribution of media and content in the next five to ten years um well i mean in terms of i'll talk about i'll talk about library right because it's, it's actually in terms of library as a technology it's not even digital media library is just data i mean digital media was it was designed with digital media in mind but really i think our library protocol has the potential to, to uh to be a tremendous amount of actual internet traffic i mean we see us fundamentally if you ask me fundamentally, like this is a internet infrastructure or a technological protocol i mean it's serving this use case of digital media and video and that's where we're focused as a business but I want library to power 30, 40, 50% of internet traffic. I want library to be a technology that's used uh, to serve, you know, it's, what it's really good at is static data, data that's the same for you and data that's the same for me. And that's stuff like podcasts and PDFs and movies. Um, and, but I, you know, I think this is a better way of moving data around, of discovering it, of accessing it, of knowing what you're getting than the technologies we're currently using. Um, and it will take <laughs> at least five years. We're in this for the long haul, five, five, ten years. It's going to take a long time for this technology to get to where I want it to be. Um, not, um, but I think it has the potential to be a, a major player in the way the Internet works itself. Very good. Jeremy Kaufman from library, L-B-R-Y.io. Um, what what kind of recommendations do you have uh, for our audience? Um, you know, what how would you recommend that we we interact with uh, with your protocol and you know what what kinds of what kinds of content should we be producing and uh, and consuming on this on the platform? Yeah, so things are skewed a little bit towards video right now in terms of what we present and market and so on. That's just because you can't do everything at once. Uh, and uh, um, but if you like if you you know if you if you're someone who likes watching you know YouTube videos or movies which I think is almost everyone in the world uh, go to go to our webpage download the app uh, you can get some uh, cryptocurrency simply for doing some basic things like watching videos and engaging and, and sharing your feedback we want to get library credits into the hands of users uh, you can also of course you know do all the follow us on social media join our chat room. Uh, and so on. For the really serious people out there, uh, we're also always looking for talented, talented contributors, code contributions. Everything we do is open source and available on the internet for anyone to look at and contribute to. Uh, and so that's also for, for those types of people. We're also always looking for them to, to jump in and get involved as well. Uh, but all this information can be found from our website, right? The download link, social media, chat room, all that stuff at lbry.io. Excellent. Thanks, Jeremy, very much for coming on and sharing uh, the the update on your progress and to tell us about your 
your program once more. We'll look forward to seeing you at the uh, the Bitcoin Super Conference coming up next month. And, um, you know, good times. That'll do it for this episode of the Future Tech Podcast. We'll see you here next time. Thanks. See you then. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.